Hey, we're back. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Yeah, and uh, especially, I guess, good afternoon, because we have recently found out we have a number of listeners in the UK. Awesome. Which is which is kind of weird. I don't know how the hell we got them, but they're there. <laughs> well, they do speak English, and we speak mostly in English, so... That may explain why we have a number of users in Australia, too. Although, I think the reason we have a number of listeners in Australia is they also have the, the highest rate of alcoholism. Jesus. <laughs> and there goes all our listeners. <laughs> Good job, Mikey. Just piss on their shoes right out of the gate. <laughs> I think they kind of take it as a badge of honor, though. Well, yeah, some people do, yeah. I mean, we do have St. Patrick's Day coming up, too, so maybe we need to do a special super drunk edition that. You know, hey, just... let's totally switch gears. Okay, all right. You're, enough we're... of the warm-up. Enough of the cuddling. Let's get down to it. You were going to talk about something else, but what is an absolute, like, weirdest drunk story that you have? I'm asking this is we're, we're totally we're totally switching gears because... As you know, we do our best work when we're pulling it completely out of our ass. Pretty much, pretty much. What have you got? Have I ever told you the Kent story? I don't think so. All right, so this is in college in lacrosse years and years ago. You know, so you get a cluster of buddies. Whenever somebody would turn 21, whatever night of the week it was, you'd take them out, you'd help them tie it on, and you make sure they get home. Mm-hmm. And so I had this uh, buddy named Kent. We were kind of frenemies. Because sometimes we just be like, you know, bitter enemies. Other times we're like just super buds. And that was mostly on him because I think he had a lot of drug abuse. And he just, he, he always modeled himself on that uh, comic book character Constantine. Uh, Maybe you saw the Keanu Reeves movie and then there was a TV show and it showed up in cartoons and stuff. Anyway, he's like this, this kind of, well, anyways, enough about that. So you Google Constantine, you'll figure it out. So anyways, Kent, it was his birthday. It was, um, actually it was like right around like New Year's Eve. And so most of like downtown lacrosse was shut down because all the college kids were gone for winter break. And so me and our buddy Gabe, um, we take him out and you know, most of the bars, it's like middle of the week and they're just dead slow, but they're open because they got nothing better to do. Well, New Year's Eve is usually still pretty wild though. Oh, I don't. It wasn't New Year's Eve. Maybe it's closer to like Christmas Day or the day. Because like New Year's Eve, most years when I I DJ'd down there for four of them, and I think the longest one that I played for was from six p.m. until six a.m. the next day, and that was also like unofficially the night where employees could drink. So we all experienced getting drunk and then getting hungover in the same shift. Nice. Um, well, anyways, it was around the holidays at some point. So we're taking Kent out and we're going into the bars because back then, you know, people give you like a free shot of something or a free tap beer for your birthday. So he wanted to get all of his free shit because, you know, he was a poor college student. Or shout out to yesterday's for giving you free drinks for smashing your mug on the floor that you got from Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, that, that brings back memories. We should really so see anyways, if we can get them to sponsor us. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so anyways, there's this there's this redneck 
country bar downtown. And so we happen to be walking by, and then by this point, Kent is just hammered. He's just goofy hammered. And, you know, me and Gabe were, you know, we're, we were just kind of like taking it easy the whole time because we knew we had to babysit this freak. And so we walked past, like, oh, let's see if they got a birthday shot. So we walk in there, and Kent just like, it's my birthday. I want my birthday shot. So there's this big, fat, burly guy tending bar. And there's this other redneck guy just at a bar stool. And they were the only ones in there, like around midnight. And the guy sitting on the bar stool is like, oh, birthday shot, huh? Why don't you give him a shot of wild turkey? And the bartender's like, yeah, yeah, let's give him a shot of wild turkey. And Kent's like, hey, I want my shot of wild turkey. Woo! Which is never good. <laughs> no. So anyways, I, I seriously, this, this happens in my mind in slow motion. Takes the shot, knocks it back. And as he pulls the shot glass away from his mouth, there's like spittle like from his lip to the glass I'm like oh no here it comes so I, I reach over I grab him and I launch him out the door and as soon as he crosses the threshold cross blast <laughs> right right out the door and, and like, by okay. the way I think it's, it's kind of a rite of passage to throw oh, up yeah. on 3rd street in lacrosse so we were parked in front of the popcorn tavern which is a couple blocks away and by this point, Kent is just hurling every half block. So, you know, he hurled in front of the pizza place that was down there. And then so we cut through the alleys and to get him back to his car. And as soon as we get to the popcorn, he may, he just makes a shot towards the bathroom. We figure he'll be in there for a while. So me and Gabe each get a bite and just sit down and relax until it's time to, like, you know, get his freak ass out of there. Finally, he comes crawling out. And at that point, he had a um, Ford Taurus uh, grocery getter. It wasn't just the four-door car. It was actually like the... The boat. Yeah, the boat. And so <laughs> he, he crawls in the back, and then me and Gabe drive him back to his house. And um, we just leave him in the car. We figure he's fine. So we go in, hang out with the roommates and stuff. Eventually, he comes in, and then collapses in his room and a couple days later you know you know like hey how you doing buddy oh, i had to clean up puke in the back of my car i'm like jesus <laughs> you had that much left in you so anyways that's one of my funny stories that's one of my good stories what's the name of that country bar again i'm gonna call him out because i have a story about that place too Oh God! What was it? Um, it's still there, I think. It's it's. Oh yeah, it's on, still there. I remember going past there and you see like drunk girls dancing on the bar. Yeah, and that's kind of where my story goes. Um, <laughs> it was Super Bowl weekend, the year after the Packers lost. So it would have been like ninety-eight, ninety-nine, and. Uh, we were gonna have this big party at the bar that I worked at, uh, the big place downtown. And we had all this food, brats and sauerkraut and all this kind of stuff prepared. And because Green Bay was in it and it was just a couple of shitty teams that year that no one around here cared about, like next to nobody showed up. So the employees basically just took it upon ourselves to go to town on brats and sauerkraut and then just start doing shots. Oh, and, that's never uh, a good recipe for anything. Yeah, there was a bartender there, Chris. Um, 
who is, uh, I think he, his, his parents actually own a liquor distribution company. Um, one of the craziest guys I've most and most sarcastic guys that I've ever met in his life. Like if you, if, but if he wanted to, he didn't necessarily need to fight people. He could like curse you out to the point where you wished you weren't born. He's just one of those kind of dudes, but a good guy to have around. Um, and we're, we're doing, he's making these like layered cement mixer shots that are just Aww. absolute booze. So we're full of like booze and sauerkraut and, and brats and, and like stumbling drunk when we closed the bar that one night. I don't even think we cleaned up. We just said, fuck it. We're closing. There's no one here. It's a Sunday night. And then we went down to that country bar. It's Broncos. Yes, yes, yes. And one of our waitresses, like our lead waitresses, had just quit at our place and went there. So we basically were going over there just to taunt her because we knew they were probably dead too. And they were, there were only half a dozen or so people in there, if I remember right. And at one point, like I black out, I don't remember anything, but I woke up on the bar laying on the bar kind of like that picture of you doing uh, the body shots with the bachelorette party oh yeah yeah I, I, Todd definitely you know what you did in that situation is you made that girl glad that she was getting married I think <laughs> she was off the market safe for people like us yeah <laughs> exactly but I wake up and I'm like laying on the bar and there's a half naked drunk chick pouring tequila all over my face flash forward to like a couple hours later and I'm at home I don't know how I got there I know I didn't drive so I had walked downtown and I wake up and I had just for Christmas gotten this brand new pair of Doc Martens and I'm like laying there in bed and I knew I had to puke and I knew it was going to be bad and I couldn't even get up to get to the bathroom. I was so far gone that I threw up cement mixers and, and uh, sauerkraut and brats into my, oh. doc, into my Doc Martin. Oh, God. <laughs> and then at some point, threw them in the washing machine and then woke up, you know, 45 minutes to an hour later to like the sound of like a like a cinder block in the washing machine and went to check on it and there was just like I hadn't put any detergent or anything in it there's just like hurl and sauerkraut oh, and everything god. Like, oh god <laughs> the washing oh. machine and that's how I completely ruined a perfectly good pair of Doc Martens yeah but maybe you know Broncos you know fuck that place actually there was there were, you know, the weird thing about that bar though was it was always full of women, women and like redneck dudes. But it was like college chicks that were in there all the time. Even though I know a person that I can't talk about a whole lot um, because he's a public figure here that actually got beaten to within an inch of his life right outside of that bar. And actually woke up in the alley behind the bar and had to, he's blind in one eye now because of it. So it's, a, it's a classy place. Everybody should probably check that out at least once. 
I think that's well, the I place mean, they have the steel urinal too, which is handy because what people tend to do at the bar is throw a beer bottle in one of those personal urinals and then they break. And then guys being guys just be in the broken hole. Yeah. And, and it just ends up flooding the bathroom with pee. Yeah, I mean, that place was busy on the weekends, and if there was, like, a country concert in town, then it'd be packed. And it wasn't packed. very It wasn't very big. I mean, the capacity no. was maybe 100 people. Well, that's the thing about lacrosse is there's so many bars, and they all have such different, like, styles and flavors. So whatever you're in the mood for, you know, whatever energy level that you're looking for, whatever people you want to rub elbows with, I mean, you got to mix. I mean, you go to the meat market bars and look for a piece for the evening, or you can go to the music bars, listen, listen to some live music, or you can go to the Rude Blood Tattooed bars and hang out with the rest of the freaks. Well, the Rude Blood would be like, uh, well, we were one of the destined, we were like, our place was where a lot of people ended up at the end of the night to like dance and hook up or whatever. But did you ever go to chapter two? Okay, so I went to Chapter 2 twice in my life, and both times a fight broke out. Literally, I opened the door and a fight fell on my feet. See, Chapter 2 was kind of like a rogue dance club, I, I guess. I don't know. I never actually went there. But I was well, always, I was told that that was the place for like the bar time last resort hookup. Well, it was the end of the strip. And, like, all the pretty people would usually go to, you know, the, the, the meat market hookup bars. And the ones that weren't pretty enough or weren't suave enough, yeah, would just float down there and then find something. Like, what's, what's the old country song? I never went home with a 10, but I went home with two five. <laughs> well, from what I was told in that place, they were threes. But, I mean... I can't say I'm much better than a five anyway, so who am I to brag? Um, Chapter two, though, is actually another interesting thing that I don't think any other town has. Is I that was that was one of the origins places of uh, Blatt versus Old Style. Who started that anyway? Blatt versus Old Style actually got started by Rudy from uh, the place right next to Coconut Joe's. But it was it started as a fundraiser for UWL Wrestling. Back oh, when that's could, what it was. I knew back when they could, yeah, when they could get away with that, they just had kegs of blood, kegs of old style, you paid a certain amount of money, and you drank as much as you could, and they figured out which one was, which one was consumed the most. And then... Uh, that that team was the winner apparently and then it got bigger and moved to the bar and then it got even bigger and I ended up DJing it once for uh, when they moved to the fest grounds for a couple years it actually got to be banned but that that had something to do with I think also the Coon Creek riots that's how it got started Jesus like that, that when people flipped over cars and stuff like that because they were so they weren't writing about anything in particular, they were just that freaking drunk. Yeah, so if anybody, it's one of the few times that lacrosse made national news, and of course, it wasn't for anything good. But there's a little town south of here called um, Coon Valley, and they used to have these 
creek races and basically people would just start there and just drink all day and they would come to downtown lacrosse they'd already show up pissed and drunk and this one year it turned into a literal riot i mean and there's people up on top of these buildings with video cameras no digital back then and they were filming this shit. and yeah they actually flipped over a cop car and started on fire and it was all these out-of-towners you know it's, it's always out-of-towners that come into a place and trash it and leave that's what mazatlan is for well that's how um tuesday nights used to be the night where they would bring buses of uh, GIs from Fort McCoy downtown, which was never good because it was uh, college kids versus the military guys. And usually there would be like some tough guy, college kid that would start a fight and then just get stomped within an inch of his life. And after a number of times where um, we were told or asked politely by the military to not report these things to the police. <laughs> it was if we could avoid it at all, the the buses just stopped coming. <laughs> That's why they actually have their own like bar and nightclub out there. At oh yeah, it's because it was <laughs> they needed a place to blow off steam, but lacrosse didn't want them there anymore and. And not necessarily because of the military guys were bad. Let's clarify that right away. But it was because there was always, you know, some townie that wanted to be a dipshit. It was like the time when Saints, head, let's go. You know, when the Saints used to practice in lacrosse too, and the time when they all came, they all come downtown and they were actually cool. Actually, when Mike Ditka was the coach for the Saints. I was DJing and he actually got out on the dance floor with the team and I got him up on stage. Oh my God. That's my Mike Ditka experience. Also Weird Al too, by the way. What? I was, I was talking to somebody about that. He did a concert at the lacrosse center and he came in with two women that were wearing those Budweiser can dresses. And this was on, it was a dead night. And it was him and these two chicks on the dance floor. And he just kept on asking me to play 80s music. It was actually really cool. That's awesome. But the uh, the Saints thing is actually one of the worst bar fights I'd ever seen in my life. Was It was Ricky Williams' first year in the NFL. Ricky Williams famous for basically in the middle of the season going, fuck it, I'd rather smoke weed than get my head bashed in and just quitting. <laughs> Which I like, you kind of have to respect the guy for, but he were, he was signing autographs and, and charging people for it. And a guy, a guy's girlfriend wanted an autograph and she didn't want to pay for it. He got pissed. Her boyfriend got into it. And the next thing I know, there's just chairs flying. And it, we had a glass trophy case that with all of the sports memorabilia that we had that got smashed. And yeah. I think that was around the time that we had what we started to call Tuesday Night Fights. It's just because it started happening every week. And then the, the Saints, that was another group that politely asked us to not report these things to the police. And I'm sure there was some money that changed hands. <laughs> I know some of the Saints used to go up to uh, Leo and Leona's which is up Highway 33. It's this little bar out in the middle of nowhere. And this little old couple that used to run it. And the Saints would just go out there to get the hell away from everybody. They used to go out and drink and relax. 
You know, it's just a nice little watering hole room of these old people, and they had all this, these pictures and memorabilia and shit hanging around there. Yeah, and then... Go ahead. Well, as I say, it's like, a lot of people just have little hole-in-the-wall places to go get away from the crowd so they can just actually be like normal people. Yeah, and actually, most of those guys, for the most part, were pretty cool. There were... There was a Packers player that I can't remember his name who actually still lives in in the lacrosse area. Oh, uh, is it Leroy Butler? Um, no, this was a guy that actually played at UWL. White guy. He was a receiver. Uh, I can't remember his name offhand, but he was a complete jackass whenever he came in. No, but you know what? Uh, they got drafted for UWL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. I was just talking about him to somebody. I was wondering what the hell happened to him because they made a big deal about his draft and then he played the first year and he was just not getting the shit together. He was just too wound up. Yeah, and yeah, he was a hothead. But Butler and his wife actually used to, I think they lived out in West Salem. But yeah, they came in. They were actually really cool all the time. Well, he's got a sports bar out by Galesville. They would actually, I mean, buy you know, drinks for the entire bar occasionally, or like, you know, just leave $100 tips for the waitresses and well, stuff like could, that. Well, you could do that lacrosse anywhere else. I mean, that's a small fortune. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's things about lacrosse that we used to do that I don't even think are legal anymore, like $5 all you can drink nights. Yeah. <clears throat> they changed that. They said you when can't they, call When the kids started falling in the river, they kind of got away from all that. Yeah, we had some mysterious disappearances with college kids ending up. The, the thing about the lacrosse bar scene is it's also only about two blocks from the Mississippi River. And uh, should you fall in there, there's no shoreline because of where the boat docks are and everything. And it's also what a lot of people don't know is, is it's like 30 feet deep right there at the edge. And the current is strong. Like, you're going to end up in Iowa before anybody. Yeah, they park riverboats along there. Yeah, you're going to end up in Iowa before anybody finds you, for the most part. And that's, you know, they were saying there was a serial killer and all this kind of stuff, or it was a, a rogue cop that didn't like drunk college kids. But, I mean, I can I can see just wandering the wrong way and ending up down there. But... Yeah, um, forgot what I was gonna say, but oh, but anyways, yeah. So lacrosse cracked down on its downtown crazy drinking stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And like the cops got a lot more hardcore about things, and like the bars stopped doing the five dollars all you can drink shit. Well, what they what they did was they quit. Said we can't, you can't call it all you can drink. You can still do it, but we call it all you care to drink. <laughs> that that didn't that worked for about two weeks. So then we went to five dollars with quarter drinks, and then um, our we quit doing that actually not because of the city but because of the bartenders getting pissed off that they were getting tipped in quarters all the time. Like college kids were showing up with a sack full of quarters and then passing out in the bar. So that was kind of the end of that. Even though the place across the street, uh, the library, used to have order taps on Sunday nights and that was like service industry night too but you would go there and get they weren't big so you'd actually get like a you'd give them five bucks and they'd give you like a McDonald's tray full of beers 
Yeah, it was like Dixie Cops, basically. Yeah, yeah, but it was still enough to, you know, end up blackout drunk on chitty beer. I remember um, that pizza place, Big Al's, used to do karaoke on um, Sunday nights. I think they had, like, dime or quarter taps, you know? Brucey Bumchuckles actually got his start DJing there, I believe. That's where he kind of became a legend. Well, he became a legend with the gags he used to pull. Yeah, like the uh, the putting a bag, bag in the air, bag in your phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he he let a. That's where I got the idea to do a conga line around the bar outside a couple of times. Was he actually led like a dance party in the middle of Third Street at one point and completely stopped traffic for a pretty long period of time? And I think he might he either got arrested or got pretty damn close i got close enough multiple times like when i used to say i we were on the buzz and we're talking about how we were gonna take up a collection for me that i would go out for and bail yeah 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 that i would go out and get and jaywalk <laughs> and get arrested and then I got a call from the sheriff's department, actually. Somebody ran down from the office upstairs and said, hey, uh, the sheriff's department is parked out right outside the bar. And they say if they even see you leave the building, you're going to be arrested immediately. And it'll be for inciting a riot, which can potentially be a felony. <laughs> and so we had to take the hat that we had all this money in for, uh, for my bail. And actually, we just gave it to the bartenders and said, hey, just open up the bar until the money's gone. So everybody was still happy. But I think that's yeah. when I was why I was being referred to as DJ Honky on the buzz. DJ Honky? Yeah. Oh, great. There's DJ Honky, DJ Cracker. I don't know. There were, there were a few. I'm not sure how that got started. I don't know who labeled me DJ Honky initially. You know, if anything went, it, it's funny how often the buzz comes up when I talk to people. Because, you know, now it's almost got this legendary mythic status like a Chupacabra or the Sasquatch or something. There was a night, I know I was driving back to lacrosse from Marchfield and I'd heard Ben Black's like Sunday night. It was like... Uh, it is, he just did whatever popped in his head. Yeah, and they just played the same song over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but they're like, oh, here's here's some more new stuff from so-and-so. And they played the, the same weird-ass song all over. Was it like again. a whale song or something? It was a Sunday night. I don't remember what it was, but it was just, I'm listening to it going, this is just absolutely great. Well, it's because, you know, there was no advertising. Oh, you no. Know? I mean, you can always tell how well a radio station is doing by you know if you listen to the the ad breaks and there's a lot of PSAs in there like famous people yeah or for some uh, charity thing Sarah those McLaughlin. are freebies nobody pays for those they put them on there as part of your public service for the radio and if you've got an ad break that's full of those that means nobody's buying any fucking ads which, you know, we're going to just go ahead and, and out you right now. There were a lot of those during the overnight shift. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> you get those or you get the, the customers that would buy big ad packages. And so they would run their ads 
24-7 and just can't throw them in wherever. They, they didn't buy specific times. Or, you know, they had ads that made sense to run overnight, like, you know, carry-out places, pizza places, you know, shit like that. And, yeah, sometimes, if you when you're doing live radio, if you don't have any commercials, you just skip it, move on, and throw another song in. Yeah, that was kind of the good thing about working part-time overnights is I knew that no one cared. <laughs> But that's how I looked at it, though, anyway. I mean, I think both of us did. Like, we, I kind of took the, like, nobody's listening idea to, from just a joke to, like, a, this is really what I think. Because unless, unless I really fuck up royally, like, when I accidentally issued the tornado warning for Trempeleau County in uh, February, <laughs> no one's going to know. No one's going to remember. There remember used to when- be... Go ahead. Remember when the, there was somebody from like MTV Road Rules or whatever making an appearance in lacrosse and they were over at Brothers Bar for an appearance there and then our engineer gotcha. was dating this gal that was at a contest that we did previously yep. and they were all at the bar and they came over after bar time so I put this guy in the air and he dropped an F-bomb. Yep, and yep. I just killed the mic and I'm like, get out. <laughs> If and I'm like, okay, no one's going to hear about this. The next day at work, I get a um The boss is like, so what happened last night? I'm like, how did you even know about that? You know, and then you find out that basically the, the operations manager, you know, Big Brother, has actually had somebody listening every night taking notes on what we were doing. Well, I think they were starting at that point. They were starting to look for a reason to fire me. Which I didn't at that point. I didn't care anymore. But there's nothing that will give you swamp ass faster than dropping an f bomb on the air. And you know they said it wasn't my fault. You know it just slipped out. And this is like three in the morning, so FCC is all sleeping. They don't give a shit. Oh, when I did the tornado warning, what a lot of people don't know is the way the emergency alert system used to work. I think it's all automated now. But it was part of the reason we had to be a live radio station is because we were the ones that issued the tests that you hear at three o'clock in the morning when you hear and all that kind of stuff. There's there's a little box and you would hit it's right at hip level. You would hit T for test. You would hit like T for something else. And then you would hit fire. And what you couldn't do once you fired it was stop it. Yeah. And it went out on every single one of our stations when you did it. So you all, was there six of them at the time or just four? Uh, six. But you, what I did was hit T for test, T for tornado warning, and somehow Trempolo County in the middle of February and issued a tornado warning. This was back when I was part-time for Trempolo County. And then I actually got a call from the sheriff's department going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, paying attention. Well, and I didn't, I, I didn't even know what I, I didn't even pay attention either because you just do it so automatically. Then, then I realized when I saw the this marquee thing that we had in the station that showed when the test was going on, it said tornado warning. <laughs> what the hell? And I, and I see the flashing light in the studio the direct line and it's somebody from the sheriff's department going what are you doing i'm like i don't know it's some kind of a mal- uh, equipment malfunction 
<laughs> anyway, I think we're good for now. We're going to come back, though, and uh, record some more stuff here real quick.